welcome to Big Blend Radio, where we celebrate variety and how it adds spice to quality of life. Hey, everybody, we're excited here on Big Blend Radio today because we're going to be talking about SATs, ACTs. Oh, for some of us, that's two dirty words, right? But um, we've got some solutions here. We're going to welcome Dr. Sean Patel on the show. He's a best-selling author, I think, of over 15 books. Um, he's also the founder of Prep Expert, and he's got a brand new book coming out March 3rd. It's called Digital SAT Playbook, Winning Strategies to Achieve Your Dream Score. So everything is on prepexpert.com. And you may have seen him on Shark Tank with Mr. Mark Cuban, and we all want Mark Cuban to run for president. I'm just saying. But welcome. <laughs> How are you, Sean? Uh, welcome to the show. Hi, Lisa. Great to have you. Um, yeah, glad to be here. And I'm excited to talk to uh, parents and students, both uh, in your audience, uh, about all this stuff that, like you said, it's three dir- three dirty letters that no one likes. But I, <laughs> I'm here to, to simplify the process and, and reduce that test anxiety and stress. <laughs> well, what is it? You know, we've done so many shows on education over the years. And from and some of the we've done actually quite a bit on education even gone to school kind of uh, for a day as a teacher to learn about the the importance of education and how to connect with students and the one thing we really learned is that it doesn't seem like our education system is actually teaching students how to study and how to learn is that part of what got you started in in all of this and going i know from your own journey which we'll want to get into, but I feel like we're missing out on that connective process. Yeah, 100%. You know, it's funny, you go through school, and your teachers expect you to learn to or they just tell you to study or memorize things. And no one really ever teaches you how to study, how to learn, how to memorize. And, you know, that's one of the things that I think is really different and what, you know, over 100,000 students now at Prep Expert have really enjoyed about my books and courses is I try to teach our students how to study, how to learn, and not only about the SAT, but life and career, you know, what are the habits to success? So whether it's delayed gratification or self-control or grit, um, because those attributes that I learned um, through studying for the SAT in high school, I let I I believe led to my success on the SAT with a perfect score, but also to my success in college, in medical school, in business school, um, in residency, and even as an entrepreneur in business. You know, you've got to have all those attributes to succeed. Well, yeah. In the beginning of the book, you actually say, "What is this journey about for you? Why do you want to have, you know, the perfect SAT?" Because the the what is that percentage? It's really low, right? For the person, perfect. 0.02%. Yeah, it's, it's about <laughs> as hard um, to get a perfect SAT score as it is to get on Shark Tank. So I've, I've done both. <laughs> you got rock super on, lucky. Dude. Yeah, well, is yeah. that is that a tenacity? I mean, is this like you really go for your goals 100%, right? 
What yeah, is that fire? Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, one of the things I talk about in the book is developing internal motivation rather than external motivation. So I think a lot of times, you know, why it's so difficult for teenagers and students and, and children in general um, is because a lot of it is external motivation from your parents, right? Like your parents want you to do well. Your parents want you to go to a good college or um, they want you to do well in career or whatever it may be. That doesn't work well, as, as everyone knows, you know, it doesn't work well when you have some external parent or mentor or teacher as, as well intentioned as they may be. So one of the things I talk about right away at the beginning of uh, my book is developing internal motivation. So you have to get that fire burning inside you about what's your mm -hmm. bigger goal here. You know, no one wants a high SAT score to have a high SAT score. You might want to go to a dream college. You might want to win, um, you know, $100,000 or $200,000 in scholarships. You might want to qualify for some college athletics. So, you know, do develop that larger goal. And once you have that internal motivation, then nothing can stop you. Then you'll put in the work, the 10,000 hours, whether, you know, obviously I don't expect students yeah. 10,000 <laughs> hours for the SAT, but you know, you know what I'm saying in life, you'll put in those hours that you need when you have that larger goal or that larger internal motivation. So, so, so important is developing your why and you're visualizing your larger goals at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So for you, when you went to do your SAT uh, the very first time, you said you had pretty much an average score, right? And so you were not like, you're like, what the heck just happened? I remember um, when, when I lived in South Africa, I went to, it was my first year in high school and uh, my mom was on the road and, you know, we're business partners and she was going on the road with her artwork as a fundraising uh, platform for the uh, Cancer Association in South Africa. And she said, you know, if you want to come with me, your grades need to step up. Mm -hmm. You want to be on the road. You want to see this country and you want to do all that where you're going to have to sacrifice just like I have to, to make this tour happen. Yeah. And I swear I didn't sleep for a full month. And the way I did it was I rewrote the textbooks. I, I quizzed myself. I sat back because I was bored. I was a bored. I, I was bored in school. I went to 16 schools. So it was mm -hmm. kind of messy, but mm -hmm. I learned how to get ahead by just becoming, I became a teacher. I was mm -hmm. like, you want this? You better get in their heads. And I dissected all of those books of what they were doing because, and then I realized, gosh, there's really no how and why in there. There's like the textbooks are almost like, um, there's no real meat. We, mm -hmm. And that we didn't have Google back then. Like we're, <laughs> we're, I'm a little ancient now, but you know, it's okay. But yeah. I realized that, it wasn't, and I, and I have some good teachers, so I'm not knocking teachers whatsoever. I love teachers in the education world. It's difficult, but I feel like even the way the world is going, things have to change up. And then you have to have that dedication that I had to turn it. And I did go on the road. It was cool. I made it. <laughs> well, <laughs> became well, a good road that scholar. <laughs> like that was your larger goal and your internal motivation, right? Like you had, yeah, uh, you yeah. wanted to go on the road and and be with your mom and travel, and and that was your, you know, you weren't just uh, re rewriting the textbooks or learning what's in them mm -hmm. for no reason. You know, you had this larger goal, and that that that's so important to what I'm talking about. And mm. and um, yeah, but just to to bring it back to your point about you know me at first not having any clue on this exam is 100% yeah. correct. You know, I went to um, urban public schools in the worst school district mm -hmm. in the nation, Las Vegas, Nevada. We have a oh, full yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, 40% dropout rate because, um, you know, at 16, 17 years old, a lot of people just say, hey, I'm going to go work at the casino um, as valet. I don't need to finish high school. Um, but, you know, luckily that wasn't me. Um, but, you know, I didn't, I, I was good in school. I got A's and B's, um, but I wasn't great at standardized tests. I had a lot of test anxiety. I didn't know the first thing about test preparation. My parents didn't go to college in the United States. Um, mm. And so, I developed that internal motivation. Um, you know, I got an average score the first time I took it barely above average. And so then I self studied my way hundreds of hours in the library um, to, you know, develop these strategies, develop the ways that I thought that breaking down the test made sense to me. And um, I've been lucky mm. to be able to share that with, um, you know, over 100,000 students at this point. Yeah. That's awesome. So you broke it down. That's what I was saying. You did some backwards work on it. Like, what are they wanting? You've already taken it. Let's talk about, okay, so you're helping everyone grasp it and be able to think clearly. And mm. anxiety, like you're talking about, that can cloud everything. That yeah. anxiety can just so mess you up on on all ages. Oh, yeah. 100%. I mean, I think, you know, one of the biggest things about reducing test anxiety that I teach in my books and courses is like letting go of the outcome, because what ends up happening is, you know, parents, students, like whether it's the SAT or any other test, right? You get so attached to your test score and that starts freaking you out. Like, okay, if I do poorly on this test, I won't get into the college of my dreams or I won't get into the career or whatever. And that just is this vicious cycle of putting more stress. So what I recommend and what happened on the last time I took the SAT myself is I totally let go of the outcome. I said, you know, whatever score I get is the score I'm going to get. And whether I do well or I do poorly, that's that. I gave it my best shot. And that really helps take a lot of pressure off. And, you know, I noticed the first time I took the SAT, my heart was racing, um, maybe because I had two Red Bulls in the morning. Um, <laughs> and the, the last You're time a I doctor, it, you know better than that. Yeah, <laughs> I was totally calm the last uh, time I took it. And, um, you know, that that made all the difference in the score. So, mm. so test anxiety, like you said, can really, really make the difference between uh, a poor score on an exam and a high score, but mm. not even on exams, even in life, right? You can't mm -hmm. be stressed or have too much anxiety about your business business, your podcast, whatever it may be. Otherwise, you're not gonna be able to perform well. Right, it gets in the way. And that's when you kind of you're you're stunting your own growth, right. And mm -hmm. and the one thing I think is also interesting is I mean, you went to Yale, uh, also uh, USC, uh, USC, both, uh, I mean, just prestigious, right. And you go from, you know, the SAT and, and learning how to do that. You, now, did that information help you as because you became you went into dermatology, right, become a doctor through that. Um, did that learning of SATs help how to do that test help you on your actual career? And once you were in college, then start with all the, you know, all that big stuff, because that was a, that goes into crazy amount of studying. You know, there's pizza involved somewhere, right? I know there is, right? <laughs> yeah, always. <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah. Free pizza. Um, no. So yeah, a hundred percent it did because, 
you know, what ends up happening is, well, it helped in two ways. So it helped tactically with, you know, my testing, my test taking ability got a lot better because I was able to reduce test anxiety. I was able to take standardized tests, break them down in a much simpler way and, you know, get higher scores on my tests in college, in medical school, the MCAT, the GMAT, um, residency exams, et cetera. But it also helped in a really important way that I think that a lot of people don't realize, which is any time in life that you do something difficult, whether it's write a book, study for an exam, start a podcast, it requires an incredible effort of self-control. And there's been a lot of studies that show that self-control is the number one predictor of success. And so, you know, when I was studying for the SAT in high school, I was developing a lot of self-control. I wasn't going to high school parties. Um, you know, I wasn't going out to the movies and I was just studying. And, and that was like, OK, I've got all this self-control to study and go to the library. But that self-control then helped me have self-control in college, in medical school, at Yale, at USC, in residency and even as an entrepreneur, because mm -hmm. now I'm able to really focus, have self-control and, you know, that's led to my success in all these other aspects. So, right. you know, you can use the vehicle of one thing, whether it's studying for the SAT, writing a book, starting a business, starting a podcast to practice your self-control, your grit, and then you'll be successful in so many other aspects that you apply yourself to. And that's really, you know, one of the greatest takeaways I can tell people, you know, who may say, well, you know, the SAT has no relevance to me. Sure, that the SAT may not have relevance to you because you don't have a high school kid or whatever it may be. But studying, writing, starting a business, do it, practice your self-control because it'll lead to incredible success later on in any avenue that you pursue. It's it's really, really true. As an entrepreneur myself, I mean, I've been doing this <laughs> my whole life, pretty much. And you're yeah. dedicated and you love it. You mm. need to, you have to have that. When you, So what I love about how you start the book, the Digital SAT Playbook, is you really get to the core of it, of who you are as a human being and give people that, that way of like, think about it. Who are you? Who do you want to, you know, how do you want to grow as an individual? And you use the word journey, which I think is so crucial because when we're really young, we kind of want things overnight and we, we need to understand the patience of what journey means. Yes. And and I think that's so important for today's generation to hear, too, because we live in this world of instant gratification, right? Like, if I'm bored, I'm just going to go on TikTok or Instagram or social media or YouTube. Um, you know, that, did, like you said, that didn't used to be the case. We didn't have all that social media. Mm. We didn't have Google. If I want to know the answer to something, you just go to Google. You get instant gratification constantly. And so what really to be successful, like you just said, is delaying gratification. So learning to delay gratification and go on that journey um, in any aspect of life. Oh, will wow. serve even you health. So well. Yeah, health. Even health. Yeah, health. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. fitness, health, whatever it may be, like, you've got to be able to not see the results right away. Because the best things in life, whether it's starting a business, getting in shape, they happen with these little, little progress that you cannot see overnight. Um, and SAT too, I, I can't improve your score 400 points overnight, kids. Sorry. Uh, 
uh, you got to go on this journey with me for a few weeks, months, and then we'll be able to do it through my books and courses. But you've got to put in that effort. You got to be willing to delay gratification a bit. And if you do that, the rewards at the end are so, so worth it, whether it's oh. for the SAT, whether it's for your business, whether it's in career, et cetera. Mm. So let's look at the digital SAT playbook. And I think it's great that here you were going, hey, I'm going to become a dermatologist. You become that. And then you become an entrepreneur and decide I'm still doing this other side. I mean, how many, I mean, do you sleep? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I really think that I'm, I've, I, I was I had an SAT class yesterday with some of my students and I was telling them that I think I'm living my dream life. What I mean by that is I went on Shark Tank and all of the sharks, mm. except for Mark Cuban, were telling me, um, you know, you can't be a doctor and an entrepreneur. And I've been able to pull it off, which is, you know, been really, really gratifying for me, not just to show them, but for my own life. Mm. Um, you know, I practice teledermatology. Um, I meet with people online, just like we're doing now. And I'm the CEO and founder of Prep Expert. And I do teledermatology because it gives me enough flexibility to be the entrepreneur and be the doctor. That's awesome. And yeah, yeah. And and that's the life that I dream of for, you know, everyone that I teach, especially my high school students, is like, I'm living my dream career. I want you to live your dream career, whether that's to be an mm -hmm. entrepreneur, whether that's to go into tech or be an engineer or doctor or lawyer, whatever it may be. But, you know, I didn't live my dream life in my 20s. I was on my grind. I was in residency. I was working. I did 36 hours in hospital shifts. You, you know, did the prep work. <laughs> yes, I did the prep work. Exactly. And so, um, you know, I hope that my own story serves as a little bit of inspiration for those kids yeah. uh, to live their own dream lives, delay gratification, have the self-control because um, you know, if you do that, you can come out the other side with uh, immense rewards, um, not only uh, financially, but freedom wise, you know, that's my favorite part of it all mm -hmm. um, of being and I'm sure that's your favorite part of being an entrepreneur mm -hmm. is the freedom of it. And it's been so, so liberating. I, I love it. And, you know, we're the blend. And, you know, when people told us we did market research, when we got to this country, and my mom had a magazine in South Africa, and then we moved back here. And, we went and did market research and people said, well, why do we need another magazine and oh, variety, you know? And we're like, as soon as they said, no, we went, we're doing it. Mm. <laughs> That's it. And I mean, we've been doing it for over 27 years in this country now. And it's like, you know why? Because the blend is about being able to have more than one interest mm -hmm. and why limit ourselves. And we're in this big industry of limiting, like limited, limiting, like, here, you can only have this, you can only do that. And you can only do this, you only do that. And that's what I love about your story is you're like, but I want to do both. And I think I can, I'll find a way Tell like being, you know, a teledermatologist, you found a way to balance everything. So yeah. you can have your cake and eat it, but you have to work to get the cake. That's oh. the reality. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think that, um, you know, that's, that's the best entrepreneur is someone who's able to have multiple interests and pursue them because it makes you really unique, right? How many other uh, doctor SAT prep people do you know? Probably not too many. Mm -hmm. uh, and same thing with you, Lisa, like how many people who are publishers and podcasts and big blend radio and entrepreneurs at the same time? Probably not too many. So there's, it's going to be very hard to duplicate, very hard to copy you and you have your unique niche. Yeah. And you should stand by it. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. You should. And it's sometimes that's a harder road, but mm-hmm. go for it. And that, that's something I think is so important is like, if you have this in your soul to do, go for it. And if more people are telling you no, sometimes that means you're really onto something even better. Yeah. I and think. that's a really important point that you touch on, which is, you know, you were told no early on. I was told no early on. I talk about in the book, I, I, my first SAT prep book, I was rejected by 99 or like basically I, I pitched 100 literary agents and publishers hey. 99 said no one literary agent at the end of the day gave me a shot and you know that book went on to sell over 50,000 copies um, and we've sold over 100,000 since and um, you know this new book that a digital SAT playbook I, I'm hoping to sell we sell a million because we've gotten just so much better at writing amazing content marketing it promoting it and yeah. um, hopefully some of your listeners will buy it too yeah yeah so I want to talk about that because you use the word digital and you know we yes. love digital media we do digital magazines but digital so is it that the book is only digital? Is it audio? So tell us about the word digital in this title. Yeah, absolutely. So the book is called Prep Expert Digital SAT Playbook. And it's all about the new digital SAT. So as you all know, the SAT has been around for a really long time. It's actually been around for almost 100 years, but it's always been a paper-based exam. And this is the first time it's going digital. It's going digital for the first time in March of 2024. And so um, this new book that I've written is all about how to prepare and how to ace this new digital SAT. Luckily, my book is not just digital. My book is um, paperback, hardcover, digital ebook, audiobook. You can get it in every oh, audio. format. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. You can get it in every format because everyone learns differently. Some people will learn. I, I personally love audiobooks. So I was like, I'm going to record mm-hmm. the audiobook for this one. Um, but some people want the ebook so that they can do it on their iPad or their um, laptop. And then some people want the, you know, the physical book. So we have it in every format. But, you know, I think what's really important about the digital SAT is that it's going to be a welcome change for parents and students because it's the shortest version of the SAT ever. It's only 98 questions. It's only two hours and 14 minutes long compared to that old four-hour paper-based exam. And the reason they can make it shorter is it's actually an adaptive test. Um, which means that the questions get harder or easier depending on how well you do on the first couple of sections. Um, so they can gauge your ability level with fewer questions by oh, making wow. it adaptive. Yeah, so it's a really advanced exam. Now, I do want to clarify one myth for parents and students listening. Just because it's digital does not mean that you can take it at home or that you can have chat GPT open in the background and take it. Oh, no way. Ah, you still got to go to a pizza. I was going to the pizza. Next yeah, the I know some people were thinking that. So I was like, let me let me catch them. But uh, <laughs> No. So uh, you still got to go to a testing center. There's still Proctor. The app doesn't let you have anything else open on your computer other than the testing app. But I think it's going to be an amazing change for parents and students. We're going to see a lot more students um, enjoying the exam because it's more relevant. There's no more obscure vocabulary words. You have more time for a question. Um, I think it's a lot more fair exam that'll cause a lot less test anxiety, which is, um, you know, great changes for parents and students. I love this. Uh, you know, when you think about how we've grown in education, it's, I mean, I think COVID really messed up a lot of things, but also made things push in, push digital, right? 
started mm-hmm. to push how do we connect with students and now I think you know when I was a kid we didn't have all these things we didn't have like an audio book and, and now I would have taken you know I'm a musician so an audio book would have mm-hmm. been perfect for me learning wise. Right. Um, And I I think about blind students, you know, I have friends who are like, whenever we do an author interview, they, they want like, is the audio book out yet? I'm like, no, they typically come out later. And he's like, well, that sucks. Like (laughs) it should all come out at the same time for, for honestly, it's something that's becoming a new thing for me to really push authors, do it all at once. Yeah. And I was talking, the reason I did it all at once is I was talking to another author and he was saying that he released his book in all formats and he sees almost a perfect split of, you know, 25% will go for the paperback, 25% will go for the audiobook, 25% ebook, 25% for the hardcover. And so, um, you know, everyone learns differently. So you got to accommodate everyone's learning styles. Mm. But, you know, to your point about COVID really pushing digital, I think digital is so, so important that the SAT moved to this format because, you know, for students, if you think about it, no one, like, do you remember how important handwriting used to be? Uh, Like, it used to be so, so important. And now- Cursive. I had to learn how to do cursive. Yeah, they used to mandate cursive learning. Now, you know, none of that is really that relevant in the workday. And so everyone's on the computer. Everyone's learning digitally, reading digitally. Um, answering emails digitally. So it only makes sense that the testing requirements move digital as well. Well, I also believe that this opens the door for uh, developing countries around the world for Mm. more education to get to places and to people because of cell phone technology that we will have more people learning that need it and want it, you know? Oh, 100%. I think it's huge. Yeah, I think you're able to, you know, literally get the world's knowledge now into any um, third world country or developing country um, and get all that education out there. And, you know, those people especially are voracious for knowledge and Mm -hmm. hungry for it and will consume it. And um, that's, you know, that's the kind of drive that I'm trying to develop in all kids is, you know, really a love for learning because you never stop learning, right? Like as an entrepreneur, um, I've never met a good entrepreneur who doesn't read and constantly get better and constantly learn um, at their craft. And that's not just entrepreneur, anyone in in their career, Mm -hmm. right? And so super, super important. That's why I love what I do, because I go to college every day. I yeah. literally am. I'm, I'm going around the world today. I'm like, I'm going here. I'm going there. And this is what I'm learning. Oh, wow. Every day I'm learning something new. And it makes you it makes you younger, right? You know, I'm really 100 years old. You just didn't know. But, I, <laughs> but listen, I, I find your story very inspiring for everyone. And I hope from moving forward with this, with you, what you're doing with your writing and your school, that you also look at doing some for adults, uh, entrepreneur side. I, I hope you look at that in, in writing as well, because I think that's that's kind of a next step. Yeah. Just, just you, saying. You have a crystal ball. You're looking into my uh, notes or something. <laughs> no, I'm just uh, saying. The- it just is like the natural Thing, you know, yeah, I would love to, you know, that's a future plan of mine is potentially starting, um, you know, teaching entrepreneurship for adults and, and kids. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh, the kids are really yeah. good they're fearless. 
Yeah, we I we we've written books for kids for entrepreneurship and they, they love it. I, I know their favorite chapter is so funny. All the kids I, I wrote a chapter with uh Mark Cuban called How to Make Money in Your Sleep. And everyone raises their hand like, I want to learn how to make money in your sleep. Uh, you know, it, but uh, but no, uh, to be more serious, um for entrepreneurship for adults and kids, I think no one really teaches it well. Um you kind of have to learn it and be in the arena and you know, you make a lot of mistakes. Um, and I don't want to say no one teaches it well. I'm sure there are good uh, entrepreneurship teachers, but I would love to apply all the principles of, you know, simple methods and strategies that we use for our test mm -hmm. prep to entrepreneurship. Because like we said before, that would be a very unique thing to blend those worlds together. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going to say this in closing. Just be, when you talk about the SATs being digital now, doesn't that give us a step for voting digitally that it can yeah. actually be tracked? I'm just saying, can you and Mark Cuban get together and make that happen? <laughs> I'll Come have on. to ask Mark. Yeah, no, I mean, it, and it's, he has to no run for president. <laughs> it's a no brainer. Yeah, no. Um, and it's, it's a no brainer that voting should be digital, but um, that's a problem I cannot solve right, oh, right now. I know. I know. Um, I'm just saying, but, but it uh, would be cool if things like that started to, uh, this whole going digital with the SATs, really can transform other things in life such as that to prove how it can work. I think you know? so, because it's large scale, right? Two million students a year take the SAT. I know there's way more voters than that, but yeah, yeah. you can see that you securely um, administer things to millions of people digitally. And once you can do that at scale, I definitely think that a voting will, will get there at some point, hopefully very soon in, in the future. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has been a real pleasure having you on the show. Everyone, again, uh, go to the website, prepexpert.com. The book, Digital SAT Playbook, Winning Strategies to Achieve Your Dream Score, comes out March 3rd. Now, I heard you're having a party. Oh, March, is it March 3rd it comes out, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm doing a big party book launch event on uh, Sunday, March 3rd is when the book comes out. And, uh, you know, I'm going to be teaching parents and students how to ace this new digital SAT, how to win six figures in scholarships for college, and how to get into competitive colleges and universities. So I would highly recommend they register for free online for this book launch event. You can attend from anywhere in the world. Um, it's going to be Sunday, March 3rd at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. You can register at prepexpert.com. And um, if you're listening to this after Sunday, March 3rd, you can always pick up a copy of Digital SAT Playbook on Amazon or at prepexpert.com. Thank you. Awesome. Everyone, take care. Keep up with us at bigblendradio.com. Thank you for listening to Big Blend Radio. Keep up with our shows at bigblendradio.com.